find you my missing puzzle piece I'm complete I was just I am your host, Space Orphan 18, and today we have a very special Valentine's Day episode for you. It is the one, the only, the classic I do. Um, and returning to the podcast are two people that are would be happy to get drunk with you at a bar. So let, let them introduce you and introduce <laughs> themselves. Introduce you. Whatever. I'm drunk at a bar right now. Um, <laughs> it's actually 10 in the morning. I am not. But anyway introductions here we go <laughs> hi i am kitty and i am slayer kitty on tumblr and i'm rb i'm c Kerouac on tumblr and i totally buy a vodka cranberry <laughs> hi guys uh welcome back to this wonderful valentine's day episode and actually i do want to comment on that because i think in my personal opinion that the valentine's day episodes are usually really very good and even though each, you know, we have silly love songs, we have um, um, Heart. hearts, and I do, and then I even count tested as season fives. It is whatever I'm counting it. Um, <laughs> there's a million plot lines, and they're all really good. And I think um, this is one of my favorite season four episodes. And um, despite the fact that Clayne literally has the F plot in it, um, I think it's a really done, well, really well done episode. I think the, all the storylines, is, despite the fact that there's a million of them, really work together. I agree. I was interested in 90% of it, which is super rare, um, especially considering that I gave up watching full-time after season three. So this is all new to me. <laughs> well, that's good. I just think that this episode is just another in the line of like fun and lighthearted and Glee not taking itself quite so seriously while still addressing some slightly more serious issues. I mean, with Emma and everything, but, you know, it was nice to watch the episode, watch all the characters interact and, you know, like laugh. I mean, mm -hmm. the biggest selling point of it is that this episode is fun. 
as compared to some of the other episodes where you get really heavy with, here's the serious world issue that we're talking about today. Here's the serious interpersonal issue that we're talking about today. Here's uh, sad Kurt crying. Here's Rachel's singing face. This episode is just fun. Yeah. Like it's and dumb, I think that's... it's fun, it's lighthearted for the most part, and I thought it was a delight. And I think... as a bonus, everybody has sex. <laughs> Thanks, Kitty. That's, that's <laughs> You're the... welcome. I always bring levity to every conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, no, really. It, the... The fun part of this part of season four is that everything, as I've said in like every episode I've done since since this, everything going from I, I started in Glee actually, but really from Sadie Hawkins all the way, and then Shooting Star kind of abruptly stops everything. But it's a lot of fun. This whole section of season four is so much fun to do, and this is just another really great installment of a really great run of episodes. So um, for those people that are like, oh, I don't want to go back to season four, yeah, just you know, Start in Glee, actually. Keep going until the end. You know, it's a lot of fun. So, um, starting, we're going to start with the A plot, which really doesn't, none of these get a whole lot of time because uh, there's so much damn in here. But the A plot is Wemma, and it is Will and Emma's wedding. And um, the thing is, you know what I actually like about this, what I appreciate about this plot? Because in most stories, I feel like, okay, Will's been away, Emma's kind of freaking out, eh, but like they end up marrying together. At the end of the episode, it'd be like, oh, we worked things out, we're going to get married. And they don't do that. Um, you know, This is, they're not, not exactly, because they don't really break up per se, but this is their breakup. And yeah. it was really interesting that that's how this episode ended. Yeah. Well, and I like, because you got Emma, and I love that she has, you know, yeah, she has her OCD, but she has a really good point of she's planning all of this by herself. She's trying to do all of these things by herself. Will has been gone away for months, and she feels like she doesn't even know him anymore. Will is completely oblivious. Like, hey, Will, I have all this stuff I'm planning. Okay, whatever, I have, you know, Glee Club. <laughs> oh, my God. Glee Club with his best friends. Yeah, with his-, his best friends are teenagers. <laughs> Still. They're still, like, does he not know any adults? Could he not join a rec kickball league or something? I mean. What happened to that community theater thing he was doing? Well, the people were all too old, so he just couldn't connect with them. <laughs> they don't have anything in common. Ridiculous. No, he it's needs so to interact he... with people who are emotionally at his maturity level. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is true. It's so sad that the two things that I took away from the, the Wimma plot actually have nothing to do with Wimma. And <laughs> did because, I have to do with Sue? <laughs> no, but I did find Sue delightful in this episode. But okay, I yeah, we'll like talk about Sue her in, in a general. second. But yeah. it was the I could totally get behind um, Emma and Finn because sure, why not? You two have much more chemistry. Than <laughs> than they do. I agree. And every time that Finn is talking... And I think that he would have actually been really good to her if they had chosen to go that way. I think they would have been excellent together. They would have... They would have been the king and queen of the school if, you know, he hadn't have been 18. And that would be slightly skeezy. Um, But legal. But legal now. Um, (laughs) So the other thing was... I. He's 18. It's legal. It's 18, it's legal, it's fine. Um, <laughs> was watching Will and Finn interact 
you know, talking about all this and one, why is he his best man? Because don't you have any adult friends? And two, it's really hard to remember that Finn is supposed to be 18 and not their actual ages because there's only, yeah. there's only four years between them. They are, they are contemporaries mm-hmm. and not, you know, 12 it's, years apart like they should be. And so when yeah. he's dressed in his, you know, super soft um, Banana Republic sweater, I'm like, you totally look like a 32-year-old, which is what you're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. you, At a certain point, Finn became a little unbelievable as a teenager, but that's just because Corey was almost 30 when they cast him. Right. Well, and also, uh, like... Will is supposed to be older than Matt Morrison. Matt Morrison was born in 78, but he, like, so that would have been, like, around 96 that he would have graduated. So he's playing a character that's about three or four older. Three or four four years years older. older. Yeah. And so even that, it's supposed to be, like, somebody who's in their late 30s versus somebody who's 19. When they they were interacting in this episode, I'm sitting there going, I'm watching two contemporaries. I'm not watching a teacher and his unhealthy fixation on an 18 year old that he got a teaching job because apparently nobody needs a teaching license. (laughs) (laughs) So so I do want, there are a couple little points I want to, I do like that, you know, Finn is freaking out about kissing Emma and Emma's like, get over it. I don't care. Let's just, you know, I have bigger things. You are not one of the things I'm worried about. <laughs> of the right? top seven things that. that are stressing me out right now, you're number 12. You're not one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not one of them. <laughs> so I liked that. Um, we have to give props to Jamie Mays for that song, for not getting Oh, my gosh. I, I did a really good job. And that's a really. She did so good. It's a really hard song to to do well. Um, and you very rarely hear it done well. Um, I mean, I, th- I think that she did fine with it. I thought uh, she did. Considering that she's not a professional singer, this mm-hmm. is a very, very, very difficult song to do. <laughs> she not only sang it well, but she acted the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I can't rave about it enough. The only thing is, it's so stupid. So, I watched something behind the scenes where she talked about recording the song, and she said she could not get the word candle holders correct. <laughs> yeah, candle and you, holder. And, candle holder. And, and she said, can, she said can, candle holder, and it, she doesn't pronounce the D or something in the song, and now every time I listen to it, that's all I can hear. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, I mean, say candle holder really fast. It's hard. I don't think I could do it. Candle so holder, I think the part of the problem with that is because she has an accent. Maybe it, it trips me up, too. Candle holder. I can't say it. Candle holder. Candle holder. You just got to drop a couple of the consonants. Yes. And she kept doing it. I think they eventually just used the best one. Well, I mean, one of the one of the things that works in your favor with a patter song like that is you don't actually have to get every all, syllable. You don't have to get every syllable. You don't have to pronounce. You don't have to enunciate the way that you would um, in other forms of songs. As long as you keep it on the beat, pe- people's minds will fill in what they're supposed yep. to be hearing. And so. It, it both works in your favor and completely fucks you up. So, yeah. I mean, I thought that she, I thought she did fine. You know, it was a, it was a good version of it. I thought that it was a delightful song choice to use for it. And I actually wonder if they decided to use that song after they decided they were doing a wedding plot line or if they 
really wanted to do that song and then said, hey, let's build a wedding around it. So, it could really a little of either both. way. Right. Because <laughs> I know that they have episodes where they've literally gone, we want to do this song. Let's find it. Let's write an right. episode so we can do this. But I mean, then it's again, the, I'm feeling orange, build a season around orange. Well, but yeah. I think that I think that they knew they were doing the wedding stuff around this time anyway. So I, I mean, think- I kind of have, I've kind of figured that even if they didn't have specific episodes plotted out, I assume they had some sort of general plot line for the season, at least until all the behind the scenes stuff with Corey happened. So, you know, they're kind of like, okay, we're going to do the breakups and then, you know, kind of play fast and loose. And then, okay, maybe Kurt will get a new boyfriend and, you know, there's the Brody stuff. And then, okay, around Valentine's day, we'll have Will and Emma get married, but will they get married? Dun dun dun. Dun dun yeah. dun. Well, this was originally supposed to be a two-parter with Girls and Boys on film. So I this was originally supposed to be like, you know, Will and Emma kind of quote unquote break up and then they get, you know, kind of work things out in Girls and Boys on Film, which happens, but there's just a hiatus in between instead of it being like two seconds because it was supposed to be one episode or one two-parter episode. Damn but, that Fox so. scheduling. Well, and I mean, if you look at it, it's kind of funny because all of the Will and Emma stuff happens in the first 20 minutes and then you don't see either of them again. And Will is kind of at the end, um, you know, the very end. They had had too many couples that needed to fuck in this episode. And so Will and Emma were not one of them. uh, There's a lot that you had to fit in, a lot that really needed to be uh, pushed into corners. Okay. (laughs) I'm stopping you before you keep going. Um, (laughs) We'll get there. I promise. We will have a nice lengthy talk. I don't know what you think I was going to say. I'm sure it's the driven snow. (laughs) Um, um, I just have a lot of things to say before that. Okay. Fine. Um, Let's do serious talk. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, plot. <laughs> Children. No, just um, kidding. The, the one thing, um, the one last thing I want to mention about the Wemma stuff, I, I that I didn't like, and I'll touch more upon it when we talk about Finchel, um, is that at the very end, Finn and his rhetoric of "Go get your wife," you know, your wife needs you. She needs her. I'm like, stop, 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 oh, stop, yeah. stop, stop, stop. It's like, yeah. dude, dude, she left you. <laughs> She left you at the altar. Maybe she already doesn't need you. Maybe you should give it a breather. Can yeah. I just tell you, though, when Sue's walking down the aisle and she's wearing Emma's wedding love, dress love, and, love. and just everyone's faces and I am just like, what is even happening? And then she gets there and Will's like, Sue, what the hell are you doing? And she goes, the bride has left the building <laughs> and i'm just and like oh like, my god i'm trying to make this less awkward for you <laughs> <laughs> no okay so let's talk about the sue as you know plot um a.5 uh, yeah sue is hilarious in this episode when you first see her and emma's like oh my god because she's in the wedding dress and then uh, i can't i wish i had I, it's just way too many quotes to even quote but <laughs> all of sue's lines in this episode are amazing <laughs> They're just amazing. And I'm not, at this point, I'm getting a little tired of Sue, but no, she really is pretty hilarious in She's this entire the episode. She's of truth in this episode. <laughs> yes. um, well, and then following she, up from the previous episode with why don't you kids all have jobs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, she was, she's 
continued to be excellent in this episode with nothing but Greek chorus truth telling that those of us as audience members are simply going, yeah. Yeah. Well, and even at the reception, I mean, when she dances a little bit, she also like when she does the bouquet toss and she's like, so archaic. Yeah. <laughs> Valentine's Day is like, a, oh, just her descriptions of everything is, are just so funny. As we're and, here celebrating a day with St. Valentine, who was probably massacred. Yeah. For- <laughs> As I toss um, this archaic bouquet so that one of you can scramble to be sadly the one who thinks that she's going to magically be the next one to get married. <laughs> like, I loved, I loved her. I when they write her that way, she's so funny. Yeah. And, it's a hard and character to get right. Like, when they yes. get right, they get her so right. And when they don't, they're trying to use her for another purpose that doesn't really fit. And so you're just sitting there going... Why? Why? Like, do do this. This Sue is great and a lover, and I want just her. More I mean, I, I like her having layers, death, emotion, whatever. But she's an onion. She, she's she an makes onion. you cry when you cut her. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, she makes you cry when you cut her. She does. <laughs> she so would, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Damn straight. Uh, um, I also think it's kind of funny, and this seems so random, but like when we'll, we'll talk about Quinn and Santana in a minute, but it's, um, yeah. Quinn has this line about um, the only like guy she trusts are like Will and Al Roker. Well, some Al Roker looking <laughs> guy comes up to Sue and asks her to dance. It's really weird. Oh like, my God, I didn't put that together. Yeah. Is he, are they trying to say that Will and Emma know Al Roker? I know. <laughs> I don't know, but he look. I mean, it's definitely not Al Roker, but he looks a lot like Al Roker. And then he asks, um, "Sue to dance." Sue to dance. Yeah. Oh, and I was. So that was so funny. random. <laughs> <laughs> who like who did that just explicitly so that joke could pay off? Yeah. And right? then, you're, you know, you're thinking that they are planning ahead, like say community with their Beetlejuice joke. Uh, as opposed to Glee, who just kind of throws everything on set and was like, "No, we totally did that on purpose. It's great." Yeah. No, I'm. I don't. I don't know. It was just weird. I mean, it just seemed kind of random. But so, okay, going to the B plot, which is Finchel. Um, uh, basically, um, Finn is upset about all these things, and Rachel is kind of throwing Brody in his face, but that's kind of a little bit, yeah. Here, oh god, and I love. I, I will say a couple things. I like that Finn kind of calls her out on this whole like, um, really, you're trying to be grown up because it sounds like you're just being stupid, and the fact that well, he's like not a, everything. It's such a 19 year old feeling to be like, no, I'm having the most adult relationship because we don't talk at all about what we actually want from each other or what we want from our lives. We're just having lots and we're lots just, of casual sex because that's what adults sex. do. And it's, a, it's adult because we don't talk about feelings and shit. And yeah. I'm just sitting there going, oh, I felt that way at your age. Boy, was I dumb. <laughs> you know what you I never did because I yeah, am a good girl. But I, I, it felt very true to me that at that stage and at that age, and that that's what she would think was the adult way to handle things. And so and it I, does, but I as, at, you know, someone who's supposed to be what, mm, 15 years Rachel's senior, I just kind of wanted to smack her, like, grow up. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people, like, it's me, 
me as my, you know, adulthood self would be like, you're an idiot. But me as yeah. my 15 year old self who kind of felt the same way before life smacked me in the face was like, that was a dumb choice. It's like, oh, I recognize this. You think you're special. Yeah. Well, and she's also trying to save face because she still does have feelings for Finn. I mean, well, sure. Yeah. So I have to um, say, this is the first time I found Finn attractive in his Banana Republic cozy <laughs> sweater and. Well, he has been dieting. As, 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 as a side note, no, as a side note that I actually, I might be, this is when he was getting heavily back into the drugs. So, yes. um, he, and, and, yeah. and it's, um, I, it's not something I caught at the time, but yeah. after looking back at some of the episodes, you can kind of tell. Yeah. Now well, that you, like, said, once it came out, like you kind of somewhere around swan song yeah because he had a bandage on his arm in swan song which is right where you would shoot up and i was like uh yeah so <laughs> i didn't even notice that oh god yeah. thanks Ooh. well yeah. shifting uh, from that downer conversation sorry uh, i thought that soft sweater finn was the first time i found him hot so but yeah he and this, this is one of the first times i was like wow he's lost a lot of weight yeah um, so, so I do appreciate on the one hand him saying like, you know what, you go ahead and try and be open, you know, with your open relationship and also like not everything's about you. I'm glad somebody told Rachel that finally, Oh um, man! <laughs> but you know, on, on the other flip side of that, I do like that she does eventually try to make him feel better about kissing yeah. Emma. Yeah. So it's, it's one of the one, one of the few times that Rachel is not making everything about herself. Yeah. Um, and you know, they help, she helps them sing this, you know, okay, so can I just, okay. It depends on where you're going with it. No, well, we'll I don't know. No, we're not going to talk about, we've got tonight specifically like in detail okay. yet, but not I want to no. say, so in the beginning of the episode or early on in the episode, she says something to him about, I will help you write your best man speech. Mm-hmm. That's why they're singing a duet. This is his best man speech. They're singing We've Got Tonight, Who Needs Tomorrow. Yeah. What even is this show? How is that a best man speech? <laughs> I'm out of one night stand. No, because Will asks him to sing. See, now my impression was that since she was helping him, this was supposed to be his quote unquote speech. Yeah, oh. that's what I thought too. No, you're because totally he right. asked everybody to sing at the at the reception. Oh, but that's right. I you're think right. that I weird. felt like this was supposed to be his speech, and every time I think about that, I just laugh and laugh. What is okay? <laughs> you're right. That's bizarre. <laughs> it is, and I just oh man, it's so. But it's so funny because we've got tonight's a song about a one night stand, basically. Yeah. And and then Emma ran off, and they didn't get married, but that was his speech. It's just so. I don't even know. Like I can't. <laughs> maybe my head I don't maybe know. They had a whole set list because it is Finn and Rachel. They probably had a whole set list, and this is just the one that they, you know, showed. What's the most appropriate? <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Um, I did want to mention that um, at this point, this is the last time that Finchel and Acclaim are really heavily paralleled with each other, and, and the speech that Finn gives Rachel 
is a more elaborate version of what Blaine is going to say to Kurt later on in the episode. But the whole gist of it is that, you know, you can go shack up and pretend to be an adult with any guy you want to. We're still going to be together. And it's not the greatest thing to say to another person, but I understand narratively what they're trying to say. So I enjoy I it as a fan of shitty romance yeah. novels. I don't enjoy it as a person who would be in that situation. Right. Yes. Especially when it's followed up by things that happen in like feud. Yeah. Well, and I also didn't like the whole, you're my girlfriend and we're end game. I'm like, ah, cringe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy that as a fan of shitty romance novels. I don't, yeah. en- I, I would, if I was reading that in a book, I'd be like, yeah, he loves you. It's amazing. Everything is wonderful. If I was in a per, if I was, you know, as a person in that situation, I would have punched him. Yeah, exactly. Or got well, a restraining it's just, kind of, it's just one of those things, like, when I just advise listeners, when you go back and watch this episode, watch all the Finchel stuff, because that, again, is, like, a more elaborate... Clayton got it really, really watered down, but we'll talk about them in a second. But at, at the same time, I will say because Clayton got a more condensed version of it, they didn't have as many of the problematic things that went into the Finchel stuff, so... Maybe it's for the better. I don't know. They also don't have the same issues that Finchel does. No, that's true, too. Their conversation would always be different. Yeah. Even if the themes were the same. So... Um, so a couple more points with Finchel I want to point out um, They do end up sleeping back, sleeping together And then Rachel goes home Like without even like She doesn't even say goodbye She just like kisses him on the shoulder and takes off She and... leaves while he's sleeping Do that walk of shame Rachel <laughs> But she goes back Like ASAP And then we get this Hops scene. into bed with Brody <sighs> What even just happened there <laughs> Well, and they're both I mean, lying I to each think other. That was so unlikely. It it didn't strike me as something that wouldn't happen. I mean, oh yeah. Well, it's part I, of the I whole. Guess. Like, try like I love. I, I think it's hilarious how they're like, oh, thank you for being so honest with me. When you know Rachel lies about being with Finn and Brody's lying about sleeping with half of New York, and you know. <laughs> but they're having a really adult relationship because they don't talk about their feelings. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ugh. And then well, we have open relationships, so they don't have to explain their conquests to each other. No. But it's only in uh, open relationships that Brody can sleep with half of New York and get paid for it, and he's yes. not lying to Rachel about it. Right. Oh, Ahem. Um, and then there's um, the very <laughs> ending, the, the twist of stupidity, whatever. Why did Gleanie even do this? But I don't um, know. <laughs> Uh, so Rachel um, is, has a pregnancy test, and because you would not be able to figure out if you're pregnant right after a one-night stand, then it has to be Brody's if she is actually pregnant. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, there was some debate, I remember, when this first aired, if this particular scene was, like, weeks later. And it no, because they're going to crunch Brody's, the... But, nah. I know that we didn't know they were going to do out. that, though. But I, we we didn't know they were going to do that until it happened. So uh, we had no idea what the time frame was. And I remember a lot of people were trying to screen cap Rachel's calendar. Yeah, but I mean, it, I, I know they're trying to frame it as if, is it Finn's or is it Brody's? Because, you know, you it's know, just very clearly Brody, but... not possibly Finn's. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's not anybody's because she doesn't have a baby. But <laughs> it's, it's positive. Like... 
You know, it doesn't show that it's positive. People. It, it she, just well, shows her looking at it. She tells Santana that it's positive or something. Yeah, but not for another couple episodes. That's true. But so. false positives are a real thing, people. Oh, yeah. That's why doctors are important. Yeah. And, and now, that's however, why... if you take, like, six of them and they're all positive, you're probably pregnant. Also, you do safe sex, people. Yes. Use condoms and be safe. Or you'll end up like Artie, okay? <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. Um, let's okay. Let's go to the C-plot, um, which we're not going to spend a whole lot of time because I think this is the most boring aspect of the episode. Um, there's uh, Charlie and uh, basically... Jake right. wants to impress Marley, and it's the whole Cyrano thing because Cyrano, gets, that's how you say it. Yeah, uh, Ryder to help him out, and Ryder and, and, and with the Ryder and Jake friendship aspect of it, I'm totally down. They're bros. He's helping them out. That's great. I just it's well it's okay. So <laughs> yeah, this Here's, is the ten percent of the episode that I didn't care about. Yeah, no, I, I know that's characters. Yeah. Because they forget that they exist. Exactly. I don't, this plot could have been lifted out completely. It, did, it wasn't really necessary. I, I, uh, the other thing about it to me, it still feels like you have all of these other plot lines going around that feel much more adultish. And then you have this very high school esque thing. And it just feels like it sticks out a lot. And I usually skip it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I mean, yeah. The one thing that I did like about it that I think is worth mentioning is that when they're in the hotel room, Marley says she's not ready for sex and Jake respects that. And I thought I that like was that. really nice, especially in, in the, the way the other scenes, like all of their scenes were so well done because mm-hmm. it was all these completely different situations going on and i i just love that they every everything really just i mean yeah okay Rachel left Finn sleeping or whatever but everybody else's was really like positive you know mhm and Glee well, hadn't and- been sex positive in so long no but um, do you remember before this episode came out and the Brazilians were at the height of their Brazilian thing and they said, you know, four couples, one, two, three, four couples were going to sleep with, with each other and one was not. And everybody mm. was like taking bets on the one couple that wouldn't be sleeping together. Yeah, that was um, funny. That was fun. That was a fun time. So. Yes. So anyway, that's Charlie. I didn't think we needed to spend much time on it. I just wanted to mention it. Um, the E plot. No, we're not. To, we're the D plot. No, we're D. D. Okay. So the D plot, let's go with Artie and Betty for a second. Um, Betty, she was played, what is the actress's name? Allie Lee, Allie something. Allie Stroker? Yes. And she is from the Glee Project. The Glee Project. She was the second Season winner. two. No, oh, she was not a winner. Oh, she wasn't. I have no idea who she was. She was from season yeah. two, and she was not a winner. Um, she actually was voted out like halfway or three fourths of the way through. She almost made it to the end. She didn't get there, but I think they wanted uh, a character who was in a wheelchair, and they already had her information, and they knew she was a pretty decent actress because she made it so far. So I think that they just called her and said, "Hey, you want to do an episode?" And she was like, "Sure." 
And one of the best parts about her story is that uh, one of the other girls that she met on the Glee Project, they got together. Oh. Well, there you go. I don't remember what her name is. The other girl's name is off the top of my head, though. It's been a while since I've seen any. I don't even know if they're still together, but they were when this was filmed. Okay. I just know that she was another Glee Project winner, and we. I know that, you know, they just, after the season three debacle of everybody winning, they were yeah. just like, we're going to have one winner. And Yeah, no, the was, winner for Allie's season was... Ryder. Uh, like, was, yeah, it was like Jenner. Yeah. Um, which geez, I mean, come on, <laughs> like whatever, <laughs> whatever. No, let's not even go into that. Okay, so but anyway, this this whole Artie Betty thing, like it's you know she is really awful, but at the same time it's Artie, and I feel like he needs to be taken down a peg or two every once in a while, and therefore I found it a halfway decent match actually. So yeah. I think that she's one of those people who's only awful because, you know, as someone who has been disabled for probably, I don't know about her whole life, but a while, she probably comes off that way as a defense mechanism, Hmm. you know? So, and she doesn't want that shit from people who aren't, handicaps and then she's not going to take it from people who are either Mm -hmm. yep so um i do like um a couple tiny points in this one is when Artie's like i have killer dance moves and yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) and she's just staring at him like Oh my God! What did I just agree to? Help me, Jesus! Uh, and then, then there's um, their little scene in the bedroom where they're like, "Was it good for you?" And he's like, "I don't know." And is it good for you? I don't know. I thought that was hilarious. That was, I laughed so hard. I'm like, <laughs> I love you both so much. I feel I thought okay. That was oh, literally hilarious. Then, can, okay, I'm gonna feel really stupid, and later, if I feel really that stupid, I'll cut this out. But I didn't get it. I, don't, I feel really dumb. They're both paralyzed they below the waist. They're both paralyzed below the waist, so they can right. only feel so much. Yeah, they can't feel but, it. Well, they. Can, I mean, Artie can feel stuff, but he can feel. He he has he has tingling where there's only where he's only fifty fifty for tingling. But the, okay. but that was the joke. They're both paralyzed below the waist, so they can't feel it. Someone's like, "Did it feel good to you?" I don't know. And then they laugh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how seriously we were supposed to take that, but it was really funny. I, I just thought it was supposed to be a comical aside. Like, yeah. yeah. No, it's, and and, I, I, got, and I took it as such, and I thought... I, I can't, thought that I can't imagine that they would have sex if they couldn't feel something. Yeah. Because otherwise it would be pointless. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's... Artie and Betty. Nice little. Two out of three podcasters feel like these jokes are hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) The third one recommends that you consult your fic. (laughs) (laughs) The third one is just dumb. It doesn't get it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I mean, but it's, I mean, it's cute amongst everything going on it, it just it's a nice little thing um it already get never does it usually get a lot of plot so yeah um okay so we're on e 
Um, which brings us to the brilliant and wonderful Santana and Quinn. Queen and Santana. Love it. What? I just, it was, okay, I had no idea that it was a thing that was going to happen. And I never knew it was something that I needed until right then. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, I needed it like burning. And I'm like, I love the, when they are first seated with each other. And they're being snarky, and like Santana calls people breeder, or the um, straight people breeders, which cracks me up. And she's like, "I don't need breeders." And Quinn's like, "I don't need men." And she, she says just gives that. her this look, like, "Uh." <laughs> <laughs> and but then later, when they're at the bar and they start to get a little bit tipsy with each other, which and they're not legally old enough to drink. No, but that's why they have no, the fake they have IDs. Their IDs. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, they get the little thing like I'm somebody cruise and I may be related to Penelope and I'm 25 and <laughs> and I'm from Hawaii and barely legal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can see in the background that they are getting more and more drunk as the episode goes on. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think the two actresses really had a fun time playing it. They were just... they were living their best life in this episode. <laughs> And it's kind of funny, just as a, it's a throwaway thing. Sam and Brittany don't get really anything to do in this episode, but they are like goofing around the whole time. And Santana keeps throwing them looks. And, oh yeah, she's yeah. still not happy that they're together. Well, I feel nope. bad because I didn't miss them in this episode. Like I didn't realize no. that they weren't really in it until the end of it. It was like, huh, I didn't miss them. But yeah. so as I'm not a huge Santana fan, I feel like Santana is needlessly mean for a lot of it without being entertainingly mean. And I also mm-hmm. have a lot of issues with her interactions with Brittany, um, as has been discussed for so much, so much on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, this episode was one of the only times that I really, really enjoyed Santana. And I think it was because, I saw her as sparring with an equal yeah, as opposed to taking control over somebody else. Cause like, you know, Quinn's not going to take her manipulative shit because she can throw it back just as well. And it, it was really, it was a breath of fresh air to see Santana with what I felt was presented as an equal. And it was Mm. hot. I mean, yeah, it was great. (laughs) Um, so 10 out of 10 would recommend did not know I needed this until I saw it. it was like, I think a lot of people well felt that way. Yeah. And it was great. And then, and then after, you know, in their little afterglow moment, like Quinn, uh, you know, Quinn was like, I finally get why college girls experiment. <laughs> and Santa's like, thank God they do. And I'm like, Santana, what have you been doing? And then, and then she's like, do you think we could do it again? And I'm like, yes, girl. Yes, but you I can. Also, but I also <laughs> loved the little bit in between there where Quinn's like, yeah, this was fun, but I don't, I don't think that this is going to be a permanent thing for me. You know, and and, and I, like, I like that Santana's I, like, okay, whatever. But I love, I love that they allow Quinn to experiment and for it not to be seen as something that she wasn't tricking Santana. You know, she wasn't, you know, oh, you did it once. So obviously you're just gay and you're hiding it. And because Glee has not had the best record of presenting anything other than you are a one or a five on the Kenzie scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. 
through, I, you know, and I you know like through too. disregarding Britney's bisexuality or yeah. through St. Kurt's comments with, you know, you know, bi is just a stopping waypoint for boys who don't want to admit that they're gay. And I, they, they've had a lot of issues with that. And so I thought that how they presented Santana and Quinn in this episode that, you know, she's experimenting. It's fun to experiment. Experimenting is cool. And you can always decide that it's not something you want to do again. And exactly. That's, that's that's no skin off your teeth. That's not bad. That's just, you had fun. That's great. Try new things. And I, I really like, um, I like that it's presented not also not as a um, male fantasy type thing. Because I feel like Brittany and Santana started off as a haha, these are slutty, te- you know, yeah. uh, teenagers teenage girls let's watch them make out type right and it's and this isn't this is really like you know these two friends and they're kind of in a low place gals being pals yeah and (laughs) yep you know and it's really about their characters that i can't believe i'm saying this about a like trashy one night stand but it's like it was really good it was a really well done little thread through this episode and and i i it's i wish that santana had Hopefully, you know, Britannia people don't hate me after saying this, but I wish Santana had more of this kind of, you know, like interaction with other girls with, you know, that had a lot of chemistry or, you know, were more equal because Britannia just feel, they feel like BFF, but they just don't spark for me. And like this little interaction between Santana and Quinn had so much, you know, spark. So they were hot. I mean, it was good stuff. So I enjoyed it. My two cents on that. Um, so yeah, and then I think we just have this F plot, but we don't really need to spend a whole lot of time on this. So, um. <laughs> I don't know. We could skip it. I don't think, I don't yeah. think it has a real impact. No, nah, you know, I mean, it wasn't um, important or anything. It's five minutes of the episode. <laughs> it's but I didn't notice that goddamn five minutes so ever. Good. Like, I mean, this is one of those episodes where I don't sit there going, why isn't there more claim? Because I thought that 90% of the episode was well done and interesting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it fits in really, really well. Like, all of these, like, there's so, there are are F, there are five, six plot lines in this, and they all fell together really, really well. And that's why it's one of the few times where the multiple plots actually works. And the only way that I feel like, part of the reason why that is is because they're all in this one location for the bulk of the episode yeah so okay so let's start this off um there's no context (laughs) to start this off it's just kurt poking his head up in the back of a prius saying if i knew this was going to happen i'd have worn something else because i'm going to go in there looking like the prom the morning after okay so i have a few things to say though first that i think that the original thought behind this was that we were supposed to think he was making out with Adam. Until Ryan Murphy blew the whole thing on Twitter. Right. (laughs) Because even the non-spoiled among fandom knew this was going to happen. Arby, do you not know this story? Yeah, I know it. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we should, for the five of you. I was in, I was in, I I was very active in fandom. I just didn't watch the episodes because I didn't care. (laughs) A very minute section of fandom who was not around when this took place. We should probably explain though. So what happened was that um, the, the guy that does TV line, he doesn't really like Blaine at all. And so. Aziello? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, no. Um, He doesn't like Blaine. (laughs) And, and so he's like. 
Um, he got the scoop from Chris, who was just doing company. He he says over and over again, "I'm just saying what the company told me to." Like I, that you know things might might develop with Adam or might not, you know. So the guy ran with it that he's going to go to the wedding. Now Chris did not say that. The TV line guy um imp- Basically put words in his mouth. Um, right. And said um, he's going to go with Adam. And at this point, I don't know why Ryan Murphy was so pissed off about it, but he was. And basically said that's not I think Ryan was pissed because everyone was, like, adding him on Twitter. What do you mean Adam's coming to the wedding? What do you, you know, at Ryan Murphy. And so, like, six million tweets in, he just had enough. Yeah. Well, and he, but he did have, he was not happy with the TV line guy either. He was he not. Was, um, cause for making, basically making shit up. Um, and not for the first time. Yeah. So Ryan Murphy writes back. That's, you know, Kurt doesn't take Adam. He takes Blaine. They'll make, they're going to make out in a car in a steamy car and they're going to sing at Emma's wedding. They're going to um, sing a duet or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, so we got that. And so nobody was surprised. Um, maybe the general audience might've been. Yeah. Um, eh. I don't necessarily like there's been a lot of debate about whether this should have had context or not. Yeah. Um, context. I mean, ultimately I'll just take whatever they want to give me. I mean, would I like context? Sure. But if you just want to have them open on making out in a car and like taking each other's clothes off, I'm okay with that. I actually thought they'd have benefited from not having the context. Far too often, Klain is presented as the serious, thoughtful, we're making a giant statement about everything couple because of how it started and how everybody connected to it. And so it they don't get the opportunity a lot to just be fucking in a car. And yeah. so I thought that just jumping right into it with no context and it's like, you know, screw everything around it. You don't don't have to be making a statement. I thought that that was something fun that that couple doesn't normally get, get to, to do. And, act, and the spoiler of them making out in the car is actually why I watched the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, the best part about the spoiler, and I, I know I've said this before, the best part about the spoiler is that the entire fandom went, he's shitting with us, right? This isn't true. I mean, I'm going to die if this is true, but this isn't true. And then we all went, yo, Brazilians, is this true? And then oh, they're like, Brazilians. oh, totally. And then we're like, holy shit. Oh yeah, well you know so, so I think it's so funny. That, um, I guess just a couple more thoughts on it. It would be like one, Clayne had gotten a lot of criticism, especially with the season three stuff of being so chaste, and this is them clearly on top of each other, you know, making out, grinding with each other. Clayne's taking off Kurt's clothes. I mean, there's a shot of Kurt's underwear. I yes. mean. Come on. It was definitely them being hot and heavy, and it's something that we really didn't get to see, and we haven't really had any kind of sex-related thing since the first time, so it had been about a uh-uh. year. And so... Well, and, and this, I feel like, is really kind of a turning point for them in that relationship, because, okay, yeah, we don't really have a lot for the rest of this season, but um, once they're living together... Yeah. In season five... I mean, damn. Well, and there's a lot of subtext. I remember when, because you guys were both, we just did Diva like a couple days ago, and we were both chatting about how, you know, Kurt needed to get laid. Um, and <laughs> he did. 
I don't think it's completely out of nowhere. I think that the through line of this, yeah, there's no setup scene, which, you know, could be or could not be nice. But the fact is, you know, these two are, you know, working, finding their ways back to each other and Adam or no Adam there's a spark there still and you know if they're in the same room all i feel like is they somehow ended up in the car to talk and then somehow i feel like kurt kissed him and then told him to get in the back and lane's like okay i think they were both in the back i think they came with mercedes and tina tina we're probably riding the fries probably tina's car and, <laughs> and they're in the back. And then, I mean, I bet you they're just looking at each other. I don't even think they need to have dialogue. They were probably just looking at each other and then, bam, making out. Who needs dialogue I mean, when there are better things to do with your mouth? Exactly. Well, there so, you go. Well, I mean, look at it. Like, they aren't Kurt's. I mean, they're already heavily making out when Kurt's like, hey, wait a minute. What are we doing? Like, they don't even think about it. They're just, like, at each other. Well, because then, they had the mental look of, that's a penis, and they went for it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're just and bros. <laughs> yeah, we're just bros helping bros. Well, and before that, though, I just want to point out, like, Kurt says, wait, I'm sort of seeing somebody in New York, which, you know, but it's, and Blaine's like, it's not exclusive. And Kurt doesn't, you know, no, it's not. And it is kind of a throw to the Rachel Brody stuff. But I think that Adam and Kurt are way, way, way less defined than Brody. I mean, Brody's living there. Yeah. You know, there's some sense, even if they have a quote unquote open relationship, there's still some sense of exclu- exclusivity there. Right. And with Kurt Even and if Adam, they won't talk about it because they're the most adultiest adults to ever adulted. <laughs> but Kurt and Adam have gone on a couple of coffee dates. They're kind of hanging around and doing Adam's apples together. But just my own headcanon, and of course everybody can have their own headcanons on this, is that they're not really doing much. And I don't think that they're having sex at this point, at least because, yeah. I, I think that Kurt really wanted to get some and hey, look, my really hot ex-boyfriend who I still have feelings for is right here. Let's do this, you know. So and and I think I mean, you know, he he obviously still loves Blaine, but it's also I think he's had sex with Blaine before, so he knows what it's like. Yeah. He knows it's gonna feel good. He wants to feel good. They're there. Um they would here's my thing. Here is my thing, okay? If they had not been interrupted. They would have had sex in broad daylight in a church parking lot. There would have been somebody's hand being slapped on the window of the. I am so sad the they didn't do that anyway. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, we we were gonna. That was gonna be amazing, and that's how I prefer to think of it. Uh. Okay, so. Here they are. Clothes are coming off. They're grinding and groping and everything else. I going to come off. I think that there was well, just be strategically opening and slipping hands in. They so already like, were. Let's just put it that way. Because both those boys' pants were undone when they got out of that car. Yeah, but they were <laughs> off. They That's were, true. They I were just figured they would have grinded against each other until they because both. Because it's really hard to get your clothes off in the back of a car. Oh, I mean, that is true. It is really... It's really hard to have naked. Well, think about this. This is how much Kurt wanted to have sex, that he would have risked getting his nice clothes dirty so that he could have sex. He was in, broad daylight, in broad in daylight. In broad church parking, in lot. church parking lot. Kurt, I love you. 
Um, and, oh, Blade. Well, and let's talk I mean, about... come on. Take... Who among us has not had a heavy makeout in a church parking lot? I haven't. Me? Oh. <laughs> okay. Two out of three podcasters have not had heavy makeouts in a church parking lot. And the, the other one, one is... will be writing fic about this later today. Well. <laughs> and the other one is just really slutty. No, I kidding. I'm kidding. I love you. I I'm didn't sorry, take it as an insult. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, is she gonna hate me if I say look, that? I'm like, look, I'll just go I, for it. I don't uh I don't walk of shame, I stride of pride, and I have no right. shame. I have no shame with that. You go it was, girl. It was, um, <laughs> I, we cannot skip over well, okay, first of all, I wanna say Kurt says, um um I'm um I'm gonna go in there looking like prom the morning after. So I'm Which guessing is so funny. that they probably screwed around after prom last of year too. They did. So, and it's like reminiscing back to, oh yeah, remember prom? Let's do that again. I bet they had <laughs> such a prom, but they had hotel rooms in themselves, so whatever. Um, and then um, let's talk about uh, Kurt, what Kurt, what turns Kurt on is Blaine talking fratty. <laughs> oh, you know I love it when you talk fratty. <laughs> bros up and bros. Oh, jeez. The role playing fix that came off after that. <laughs> oh man! Are and there then six of them as two frat brothers who there is one somewhere, oh, isn't yeah. there? Well, I know Miss Beasy um, or Beasy uh, wrote a couple like that. I so. swear, well, there's a couple. You know, oh, there's people plenty. should reblog this podcast post with some links to that because uh, just saying might be enjoyable. All right, I will find them for you and reblog them for you at some Thank point. You. Just remind me. Okay. And um, uh, um, so here they, you know, they're going for it. And then Mercedes knocks on the door. Mercedes. And, he, and, 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 and Kurt, Kurt says, says, tell me that's not Tina again. Because Tina has been interrupting them. Like, I bet she's done it like two or three times. Like, when are you guys going to be down in there so we can go to the wedding? And, and I love that Kurt's basically like, screw off, Tina. Like, I don't. <laughs> But with Mercedes, oh wait, Tina, you know. we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting really deep into the topic. Please don't interrupt us. <laughs> we have so much more to work out. <laughs> oh my god, Kurt is gonna just murder Tina in this episode. <laughs> He's just so full of good ideas. <laughs> mm. Okay, so Mercedes, let's do a shout out to Mercedes. You're who- basically erupting from him. Doesn't get to do much. She has a very nice part of the song um, later on. She's and she uh-huh. looks very gorgeous in her dress. And I love really... her dress and her her shawl. And <laughs> my God, she just owns that entire outfit. And then she's like, "I need my arm gaze." <laughs> I love that she I opens the door and, and they, they off just and look up like, at her like, "What?" <laughs> and Mer- I love that Mercedes is like, "Get your asses out here. We're doing this." <laughs> So I don't care how what a state of undress you are in. And well, because she knows full well that given the choice between Wimma's wedding <laughs> or fucking in a car, she knows which one they're going to choose. Yeah. 
she is basically having to collect these sex-minded fuckers to actually get into the building. Well, and I wonder if <laughs> Tina was like, they're screwing around in the car again. I've, I've been there. And, and Mercedes, I can see this conversation. Mercedes I've gone is like, out there twice now. Can you yeah. please go get them? <laughs> yeah, can you please? And Mercedes, I, I can see it as Mercedes being like, Tina, go get Kurt and Blaine. And she does it like twice. And then she comes back. She's like, they're screwing around in the car and they won't listen to me. And Mercedes <laughs> is like, God, God damn it. Not again. Let me go get them. <laughs> <laughs> not again. Well, they can ignore <laughs> Tina. It's really hard to ignore Mercedes. Yes. Because she like does not take this, you're ignoring me for an answer. She no, opened she the doesn't. damn door. Right. Like I said, she she doesn't care what state of undress they're in. Because she's it's like, probably, get out I mean, here. It's probably well, the third girl, time she but knocks, God knows what like, she could have seen. Oh, yeah. Well, she's in, lucky, like, lucky a, girl. She's probably seen it more than what? She's like, get, just stop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's probably interrupted them plenty of times. I'm sure. <laughs> And and literally the uh, like Blaine's eyes just like roll up into his head. He's like, "F my life." <laughs> well, homeboy thought that he was about to hit a home run. He was like, "Yes, I've got this. This is great. I've been looking forward to this. Everything is back." He loves me again. Damn it, Mercedes! <laughs> <laughs> and the way they get out of the car. Do you mean the way that they stumble trying to cover their dicks? Yes, <laughs> because that's what I saw. Yes, like, that's exactly let's... what I meant, RV. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> I just remember how everybody was just dying. Like Kurt Hummel is covering his erection, and it's like, yes, yes, he is. <laughs> Let me just elegantly slide out of the car with my coat strategically placed. And Blaine is a little less subtle about it. Like he's just like, oh, okay. He just <laughs> gets out Blaine his shirt all untucked. Yeah, he is he, falling he, out of the car. He is lucky that his pants are up at his waist, uh, <laughs> and he just throws his coat on like it's no big deal. He's like, yep. "What? I'm gonna lead my way into this church? It's fine." He's, he's like, "Yeah, I'm letting it all hang out. What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> and oh, one man. of them doesn't one of them zip up their pants? I think no. So. Oh, I don't. I didn't remember. Oh, I think, one of them see, does. I, thought I saw that. I, I thought I saw that. Either. I'm gonna have to I rewatch thought, it. I thought I saw Blaine. Like that'll be a hardship. I'm, it might be Blaine. I'm usually just focused on Kurt it, when it I watch might it. Be so Blaine. Much, it might I be can't Blaine. Remember. I think it was Blaine who zipped his pants and Kurt who Hey RB, you sound very far away. I can't hear you very well. Can you hear me now? Yeah, Barely. but you're very quiet. Really? I haven't moved. That's very strange. That's weird. It sounds like you're talking from far. No! Um now you're back. Wow, that was weird. That's very strange because I literally have not moved. Oh, that's so Echo. weird. Okay. <laughs> Echo. 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 Penis. 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 Oh my god. <laughs> now I can't edit this out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so they collect themselves and shove their dicks back into their underpants long enough to go into the church. I love that Mercedes is like, you realize how trashy blasphemous this is. <laughs> <"Kind of laughs> I don't care. Mercedes is that friend who is just trying her best to be like, y'all, this you is... Jesus. <laughs> Jesus does not approve of this in his living room. <laughs> this is something for the bedroom back when you were home but we are guests in his house and you will keep it in your underpants for the next 30 minutes 
I, I don't give a damn what you do afterwards. Right now, we're going to, you know, do this we're thing. We're going right. to a wedding. Who's <laughs> basically like, well, he said, come to me. So I tried to do that. <laughs> Mercedes is like, I am not dealing with your fucking euphemisms right now. You will sit in this pew and you will behave. <laughs> and then he's like, yes, Mercedes. <laughs> no, Blaine would be all polite. And Kurt's just, you know, sneering at her. <laughs> Blaine would be very polite about it. And so, then she'd be like, don't give me that look, young man. <laughs> Blaine probably doesn't have his, Blaine is trying to get his polite face on, but he's also trying to get little Blaine to understand that he's going to have to wait a little while. <laughs> little Blaine. You need to simmer down now because this is not happening. As he's, try, as he's trying to be polite, and it's like, of course, I'm so looking forward to sitting and watching this wedding of people who have an unnatural interest in my life. <laughs> Oh man! So they're in, in reality, the reality. You'd rather be sucking dick in the back of a Ford. Well, it's a Prius. I mean, it's a shame Sorry. it's not a Catholic Prius. church because there's always confessional. Oh jeez! So forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. So they're they they are sitting in the pews. Um, it's Blaine, Tina, Kurt, Rachel, and, that and they're on opposite sides, right? Or no, are they no, it's all Blaine, in one big row? I'm trying to remember Rachel. how it's arranged. Okay. So Quinn and, um, and Santana are on the other side. Yeah, that's what it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The only thing of note during this, um, other than the fact that they each get like a really extreme close up during the song, um, is that the extreme close up. It is. By the it's way. Everybody it's gets really, really weird. weird. And I don't know if they intended it for it to come over that way, but it's like super intense. Yeah, it's weird. Well, everybody's is super intense. All of a sudden, it was close enough that you could count nose hairs, and I'm not quite right? sure why they felt the need to get way up in it. I don't know. Uh, well, Pux is the I weirdest. Mean, I know <laughs> that, like, it's it's just, I don't know. I've never, I don't, oh, I can't articulate. I'm sorry. Let's just go back to the penises. Okay, yes. Now, <laughs> we um, we got to move on. It's just, okay, so. Well, can we I move on to another penis? Well, we will, but I, I don't know what the staging of the original song is in the musical that it's because it's from company right yes yeah okay i don't know what the staging is so i can't i don't know if those close-up shots are intentional or if it was just a director's choice in which case i'm like are you trying to imply that if emma comes out there she feels like they're going to like cannibalize her or something well, the song know. is basically her having a mental breakdown, and yeah. so it makes yeah, it makes true. sense in the in the context of what they're trying to do. But it was just very uh, different from what Glee normally does. So it was a little jarring. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the other thing I wanted to mention is that when Becky is the flower girl and she like throws <laughs> the rose petals everywhere, but she throws she a handful in her face. Wow, I must not have been paying attention to that boy because I totally missed that she that was. That was so that. funny. Like she was she, like the angriest flower girl you've yeah, ever she th- seen she just in your threw life. Handfuls of rose petals, and she threw a handful of rose petals on Kurt's face. It's kind of funny. So funny. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention earlier. I just want to point this out because I really appreciate it. Anytime Sue is on screen during this episode, it's the theme from the opera Carmen. That's Carmen. And um, I'm just, I, I'm really entertained by that. So, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, we can move on to this next part. Okay. Um, so, we get to the research. Oh, we also forgot to mention Santana is the one that comes in 
um, to say, um, hold on just a second. Santana is the one that says, you know, because uh, T- Finn and Will are talking and she's like, hey, look, I have no heart or conscience. So I'm going to be the one that says, do you want to still do the reception or not? And so that is why they still have a reception. Um, well, it's already paid for. Yeah. That's yeah. At that point, you might as well, because otherwise you've just wasted a bunch of money. So so that is why we have this reception. And, one of the and it opens this- with the delightful Clay Duet. Yes, of just can't get enough. And I realized that. Huh? Huh? Not, not my favorite duet. See, oh, I you know what? On it. The synchronized choreography makes up for it. Because they plan that shit. As, as compared to all of the rest of the delightful parts of the episode that I absolutely loved, I was kind of meh on this one. You know, I love this they one. They just can't get enough. Right. They just can't get... I mean, I'm honestly, I'm surprised that they were able to stop touching each other long enough to sing they do but touch each other the, during this they're like all okay so not they, back of the car they, touching each other nobody's okay. hands is on no the but they are very no. very very openly flirting with each other they're very openly fl- i mean and i love that both of them take a moment to pretend to make out with themselves like they turn around and that do was so handing. funny they both do it and then when Kurt says, you know, every time um, I think of you, we know, we know, I know we have to meet. And he is, does that little hip jiggle thing that he always does. And it's like, come hither, Blaine. We are doing this. And um, it's the Blaine signal. They're very flirty. They're very touchy. They end up this, at the end of the song, like in each other's arms. I am just, and I. And song, then when they are walking off stage, even though Kurt's reiterating for the millionth time that they're just friends, they're touching each other. There's more touching in this episode than there was in all of season three. I mean, it's yeah. true. It's like his hands on his shoulder. We're just friends. His hand is on his waist. We're just friends. His hand is down his pants. We're just friends. His hand is curved, curved around a dick. We're just friends. Well, there's a, there's a whole, um, there's a cartoon. They're best friends. Come on now. <laughs> They're just bros helping bros. There's and a cartoon. So of the, the, their relationship progresses and it's like, they get back together and Kurt's like, we're just friends and they get married and Kurt says, we're just friends. And then I've the seen the that. Grave, oh, and they yeah. get married for like, no, years, years. Says we're just friends, <laughs> <laughs> which is the joke of the episode. But like, my thing is I love this song. So you can totally disagree with me. That's fine. But I think it's I fun. Actually, I, just, I, I like it. So, um, it's two out it's, of three podcasters agree. <laughs> and the other one is just wrong. <laughs> the other one doesn't understand why everybody has a different opinion from her. <laughs> I'm going to just call this one two out of three podcasters. Um, <laughs> you call it the one where two out of three podcasters agree. <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah like I, I the other thing is like all of this other stuff is going on behind it i'm kind of sad that the clean duet doesn't get full attention because they're so cute Finn, and then Finn and rachel are having their talk Finn and rachel and have a talk Artie and betty have a talk there's tina's a whole pissed. dance sequence <laughs> and and tina's looking very angry sipping her drink um, <laughs> oh, but that was funny because oh, yeah, I, funny. oh, she was ready to go off. She was just like, I, she was I mean, cut a bitch. 
Yeah, she was. I was like, you <laughs> sip that drink. <laughs> but, um, and also, and I, haven't we all had the moment where we were angrily sipping a drink and trying to muster up the courage to do something that you knew deep down was a bad idea, but the alcohol but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it. I bet you can. And you're like, you're right, Jen. I can. <laughs> or is that just me? <laughs> No. Two out of three podcasters agree that it was just you. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to give this one a full three out of three, but whatever. (laughs) Okay, so two out of three podcasters agree that I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, what was I thinking? Letting the two of you on together again. Um, <laughs> Whoops! Look, this is this is a problem of your own making. You've been warned. <laughs> this one, and actually, I wouldn't have a hard time because I should also call this one of the Valentine's Day porn oh, <sighs> decisions. There's a there's a lot of choices, and we're not done with the episode. They're no, we're not. Um, okay, so. <laughs> We may cause so much trouble that there's a third choice. And it may have to be the one where Arby and uh, Kitty are never invited back. (laughs) Not at the same time, anyway. (laughs) The one where their contracts didn't get renewed. Okay, so yeah, we have to mention, like you guys said, they're just definitely touchy feely on each other, and and then um, Kurt gives the best line. Oh wait, go ahead. Blaine says, "Oh, go ahead. We'll back up and come back to it. I'll let you guys say it at the same time too." Um, Blaine says, "Um, "I'm going to go get you a drink," and Kurt's like, "Oh yeah, I'd love that." But wait a minute, just as friends, because that's his (laughs) mantra during this episode, and (laughs) then Kurt. Sees something really excited. He gets really excited about, and you guys can say the line together. And he goes, "Ooh, baby cupcakes!" All right. So talking about baby cupcakes, baby cupcakes, baby cupcakes, and Tina comes stomping Tina. over. Tina, she is not pleased. No, but and she, it's you can tell it's a little bit of a fourth wall break. Like, hey, do you really love Blaine? And yet he cheated. You should forgive him. Um, and I love, but Kurt. also hands like, off because I don't want you to hurt him again. Yeah, and Kurt is like confused, and then almost, she drops the vapor well, rub information. Yeah, but before that, he is a little like you know, possessive in a little bit, just because he's like, you know what, you know, the moment we've all been waiting for is here. You have hagged out. You're a hag and you're in love with Blaine. It's creepy. Stop. Yes. And just tells her so off. I'm like, damn, Kurt, it's still truth time, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, so then she goes into that whole spiel, which ends up with her, like, and I took care of him when he was sick and I rubbed vapor rape. Over his little muscle chest. His little muscle chest. And he goes, did you seriously just vapor rape my, what, my ex-boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so when that line happened, I was snorting. I was laughing so hard. And I was snorting cocaine? I was snorting something. (laughs) 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 And 
I was like, just as a side note, really quick, last night I was doing something and Snarky offered me cocaine. I was like, what the hell? I'm like, do you actually have cocaine? She goes, no. I'm like, okay, that makes me feel a little better. (laughs) Do you need some? No. Oh my god. So, my friend who's extremely general audience when it comes to Glee, like, she watches it, but she is annoyed with me because I'm, like, such a diehard fan and won't shut up about it half the time. Um, she texts me in the middle of the episode. It goes, vapo-rape, and then there's just, ha, 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 I fell out of my recliner. Oh, jeez. Because she was laughing so hard at that line, she fell out of her chair. I think my favorite part is actually when he says, don't walk away from me, t- Tina Kona Chang. Because she's like, I have to go. And, she, and he's like, well, I'm not done. You I gotta go. And he's like, <laughs> I love it. I love that little scene. But I too, I like the fact that he, you know, what are you doing screwing around with my boyfriend? <laughs> I don't care if we're broken up. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. Because this this F plot is, unfortunately, just about much about Tina getting over her crush as it is about Clayne getting back together. Well, and, and you know, for as controversial as that scene was, she kind of gets it handed to her a few times. Because Kurt does it here, and then in Guilty Pleasures, Sam says something to her about it, and she's like, that was a phase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So at least the writers realized that, hey, maybe they were upset about that. Yeah. Um, so then we've got we've got tonight. And the thing that I like about this, as you guys, anybody who has visited my blog um, can tell that uh, this is when Kurt and Blaine are slow dancing together. And it is, yeah. you know a blink and you miss it moment, but it is very sweet. And, you know, Kurt is, you can actually tell Kurt is smiling and Blaine is just in love. And it's just, he is it's just the most romantic. So far gone. Blaine yeah. is just like, <sighs> if I got Kurt back in my arms and everything's perfect and, and it is really romantic. I mean, I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's very sweet, which is why I have a black and white gif of it on my blog. So, <laughs> <laughs> this was also okay so um you know as we like go through the song and they go upstairs that scene where they're standing in the hallway is a picture that i don't remember if it was ryan who tweeted, it was ryan Murphy, tweeted yeah. it. so he tweeted that picture and i forget what he captioned it but we're all going what's happening what is happening well i don't know what's going on but oh my god they're standing together like we just died yeah well there was also around the time that the the Brazilian spoilers about couples sleeping together. We're going to be now yeah. before we get into the, the that kind of stuff. I just want to mention two things real quick. What's well, kind of one thing with two parts is that the filmography or the cinematography of the couples coming down the hallways and the way they're interlaced, and then later on when it's the po- post sex stuff, the way each scene transitions into another the other scenes. I think it's fantastic. It's just really awesome visuals, and I really appreciate that. Very well done. So, just wanted to throw my two cents about that. Um, as we did get, I remember this, we got the lines of the song before we got the, sh- the episode. And the Curtin Blaine's lines are, um, I know it's late, I know it's weary, I know my plans 
Don't include me. Whatever it's, it is. Uh, it's Bob Seeger, so don't screw it up. Oh, fine. You <laughs> say the least. I, I, I can't play. Like I know you're weary, and that's Kurt's line. And then Blaine says, I know your plans don't include me. Yeah. And we were, and so many people were so worried about that. But when you see them walking down the hall and like grabbing in each other's hands, and Kurt grabs Blaine's tie or vice versa, I don't remember which one. Yeah. No, Kurt, Kurt grabs Blaine, Blaine by the yeah. tie and drags and, him in the room. Yeah. And you, it's so, you know. <clears throat> It's so flirty that, you know, this is obviously like, haha, you know, your plans don't include me, but <laughs> obviously really do. So, um, and shout out to the fact that they're in room 206, which is perfectly ah, done. <laughs> uh, going back to the start God here. God bless the prop department. <laughs> Props and costumes so. are the real heroes of this show. They really are. Um, yeah, everything in this episode is actually all uh, red and well, white. Well, because, you know, what's really interesting about this episode is that Blaine is wearing a long tie and Kurt is wearing a bow tie. Okay. Blaine wears the bow ties in this relationship. Not, oh, no, I will argue that. I'm going to argue this. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying that Kurt's never worn one. I'm just, say, I'm just saying that generally it's Blaine who has one on, so I really Until... enjoyed the fact that it was the other way around. Until Blaine was a character, Kurt wore bow ties a lot. I'm just yes. throwing that out there. Uh, I realized bow ties became Blaine's thing, and he hasn't. But he has not worn any since makeover, and he won't until until Love, Love, Love. Maybe again. I don't remember if he does. I don't in wonderful know. Or not. I think does he wear one in Wonderful? I don't remember. Well, I'll have to watch for it. But anyway, um, so yeah, um, and then. RB, I forgot what they did in the hotel room. I think they banged. What? Did they? Do you I think, think they banged? A lot. I think there was a little bang, bang, bangity bang. I think they banged, bang, bangity bang. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I, I mean, set that up look any better. at the bed clothes on that bed. I'm just saying. They, the bed they and the tissues. <laughs> they they found the Tumblr's CSI went to town on that set picture and oh, the stuff in that scene is just like I'm like God bless the props department. <laughs> I mean they they had they had an okay time. It was fine. <laughs> it was uh it was all right. Maybe not something that they'd want to continue doing because meh. Yeah. So yeah, really. You know. What RB? What time. is your opinion on what is your head cannon that happened in that room? Um, I think they might have uh, maybe played a card game. <laughs> I think they may have had a had a long chat about their soul wounds. <laughs> I think maybe you they three watched the uh... think they had sex. <laughs> <laughs> I think they might have watched uh, an episode of The Tonight Show and then chased and went to bed while one was sleeping on the bed and one was sleeping on the floor so as not to tempt each other. Really clothed, of course. Well, of course. They probably called and had them bring up extra pajamas so they could put on a layer on top just just to make it more difficult because, as we know, it's the layers. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 Blaine very carefully did not look when Kurt accidentally showed his shoulder. He did oh, yeah. because he's a gentleman. 
Although he did make sure to bring uh, something a little extra to make it a little bit more fun. And that extra is a beanie baby bird to get her in the mood. You know, one out of three podcasters is really <laughs> upset that they brought the two of you on to talk about penises and you're not doing it. <laughs> One out of three podcasters takes the schedule and is totally to blame for this. <laughs> That's snarky, and she's not here. <laughs> Look, it's really obvious that they continued where they had been so rudely interrupted by Mercedes opening the door and forcing them to stop almost getting to the sucking a dick point in a church parking lot. And so they yanked themselves back into a hotel room and they did a a little Christopher Columbusing uh, throughout everything. I'm pretty sure Uh, they've already discovered it. You know, there's always new things to discover and to conquer and to invade to subdue <laughs> the one where Chris Columbus discovers Columbus. things. <laughs> oh, the one where they Christopher Columbus each other's penis. <laughs> one where two out of three podcasters invested in a thesaurus. <laughs> It was very. I'm gonna yank you in there, and then afterwards, when he's For when you get you as get, very angsty as they have been all season, it was just so light and and happy. And we all know that Kurt was lying to himself through his teeth. Oh, so well, much. okay. So, and like, one of the things that I really loved is that at this, and I think that Kurt really loved it as well. Was he got to be pursued? So often, Kurt is the one who was throwing himself at anybody, hoping that, please, Lord, be gay. Um, And then in a previous Valentine's episode, having to suffer through the object of his affection, singing to some idiot boy in a gap. You know, that was two years ago. (laughs) I know. It's so so weird to think it was that long ago. Um, But now he gets to... It's very obvious that Blaine is pursuing him as he's, you know, giving him eyes through the mirror and then taunting him with almost kissing him, being like, I'm going to be downstairs. And Blaine's like, <laughs> yeah, buddy. But Kurt, well, he, okay, Kurt so to be the pursued. And I think that it looks like he's really fucking enjoying that. Uh, yeah, I think that to go into oh, serious you got mode, which you guys. No. Uh-oh. <laughs> one out of podcasts. One out of two podcasters. One out of two. <laughs> no, I just don't exist anymore. Whoops. I'm done. <laughs> she didn't renew my contract halfway through the episode. <laughs> you've, you've been demoted. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, do we need a fan campaign to bring you back? <laughs> We should send in cat litter. <laughs> oh my god. I could use some cat litter guides. Send it in if you want to keep Kate on the podcast. <laughs> Wait, this just seems like a diabolical scheme. <laughs> I, I think we. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, we had a point. 
All right. What's this? What's so, your serious point? <laughs> you gonna say a BS point? I said serious. Oh, serious. Oh. I think you said BS point. Serious voice on. What's your serious point? <laughs> I have to stop laughing to do that. <sighs> okay. Okay. My serious point is this. I have to remember what happens in the scene. Um, <laughs> so they're getting dressed. And, and yeah, basically what Kitty said was that Kurt's like, yeah, it was fun, whatever. That didn't really mean anything. Um, as we learned in the next episode, it, yeah, it meant quite a bit. Um, well, I think it's obvious from this that it meant something. He's just trying to play it cool. Oh, he's, yeah. He's, he's the cool, you're pursuing me, but I'm, I'm too cool for this. This doesn't actually mean anything. We're adults who don't talk about our feelings. I've learned from <laughs> and- Rachel. <laughs> well, Blaine is uh, very obviously agreeing with him, but so not buying it. No, like, and yeah, that's sure, of course. We're just bros being bros. You know, this means we're back together. Come on. Come on. Yeah. He's like, t- you know, after this point, <laughs> even with the, the stuff with Sam crush not being over or anything, Blaine's like, hey, we're kind of like getting back together, or we're at least. You know, the stuff that we are doing does mean something, no matter how much you try not to make it mean something. And um, but I like that they didn't they didn't pay, they didn't play it as serious. No, it wasn't and, like and, we're going to have a very serious, depressing. Well, and, and Blaine knows Blaine knows that he can't push any harder no. that. And he's willing to wait for Kurt to right. get there. But because I he, he, I think he knows if he pushes any harder than that. Kurt will run. Well, and, yeah. but, and he was being encouraged. I mean, Kurt was giving, I'm going to fuck you again, eyes. I mean, yeah, there's, there, there's Kurt no was exhibiting about very blatant felt. signals there. Right. But I also Which is why Blaine... he excitedly throws himself back on the bed. It's like, yeah, we're going to get this. This is good. I like <laughs> well, this. I think that's the thing, though, but because, you know, Blaine is like, all right, go ahead and deny this all you want. I know that, like, this means something. And he is satisfied with that like i can now go back you know all this season it's been blaine in a really depressive place and then he's you know finally getting things back together with kurt and now he's okay to wait he's like okay whatever we'll take your pace um you know i know i think in blaine's head they are i mean yeah he's still got his little crush on sam or what have you but he knows it's not going anywhere it's just something to like Keep him occupied in a sense while he's waiting time. for Kurt. Yeah, yeah, I love. He knows Blaine, it can't happen. I love that Blaine just does not, for lack of better terminology, does not give a fuck about Adam. Like whatever, New York guy is whatever. I don't care. Yep. <laughs> because and 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 it's <laughs> sort of felt. Yeah and yeah yeah poor Adam. Um, this is sort of like an Maybe underlying thing because he would have gotten more time. True. Yeah. Um. Because this kind of continues in the future episodes because, you know, in Blaine's mind, I think they are kind of back together, whether it's official mm-hmm. or not. And so then, because if you think about it that way, then Blaine's whole storyline at the end of the season where he's like, I'm going to propose and we're all like, WTF, you're not even dating. And but in Blaine's head, they kind of are. Yeah. Well, and I do, like, in the real world, under real world rules, yeah, you might want to take Blaine aside and say, hey, you know, you're not really back together. But, but whatever. This is Glee this, world. This, yeah, this is Glee world, and the story is about the two of them finding each other again. And Kurt is, like, of all evidence that we're going to find in the next episode, 
he's there too. I mean, like his dad said, he's like, getting there. Um, you matter and sex matters. And, and Kurt's just trying to be like, yeah, I could totally have casual sex with this guy. I'm still in love with whatever, but no, you can't. Um, so oh, making poor choices. Yeah. But I, I love 19 year olds. I love that last <laughs> little beat because how often does Kurt get to be the real sexy one and just come in and tease Blaine with a kiss and pulls away and like, yeah, we'll continue this later. And I love it. It's great. And yeah, Blaine jumps in back on the bed like a little kid. It's adorable. I love it. It's such a great scene. It is. So, I also really, I really like the part where he helps him put, like, it's so domestic in a way. He helps him put back on the jacket and dust him off and helps him get ready. And it's very, you know. It's very much like they've done that a million times before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Any comment on, I think we, because I just did the Christmas episode editing but the this is the line where blaine says you know we were together um at christmas and then and valentine's day and a lot of people took it to mean one or the other like were they just you mean in the same space during these holidays or did they actually sleep together at christmas or and i know we talked a lot about that on the christmas episode but it comes up here so it's ambiguous it is yeah i you know it's definitely we are definitely in the era of you can make up whatever you want and it's probably you can not wrong argue so. it either way and not be wrong right so so there you go you can be the one person out of three that doesn't agree and you're it's okay <laughs> <laughs> so okay <laughs> Um, so I think that's all of that scene that I wanted to mention. Um, the last clean scene is them at school, right? Yeah. The, then okay. the last thing. Okay. So here's the thing. Rachel juts back to New York as fast as she possibly can. Kurt ends up spending some time in McKinley um, or back in Lima. So at least with Blaine anyway. Yeah. With Blaine. Uh, Kurt didn't just hustle back to New York. He decided to stick around for a while and hang out with Blaine a lot. So they went to the movies. Bros helping bros. Yeah. (laughs) They went to the movies. Or they're going to the movies. They talk about movies and I can't remember. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. They go to a double feature of all about even show girls, which that's right. They're going to sit in the back (laughs) row and ask confirmation. Like who puts those movies together? Well, there's both. Showgirls was um, inspired by All About Eve. Was it? Okay, yeah. because uh, I did not get that from that. Okay. It is kind of the same, like, where an actress is kind of jealous of another actress and, you know, will do anything to whatever. So, so. okay, I guess so. Look, but. you're going to be sitting in the back of the theater, hands down each other's pants, seeing how they can quietly jerk off each other in the midst of these two movies. Well, and like, they surely don't this. care about the half naked showgirls. No, they no. really don't. <laughs> I mean, let's, who among us hasn't done that in a movie theater? I haven't. I haven't. Two Damn out of three podcasters have it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not- Basically, I have to drink a lot when you have to do Never Have I Ever. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not really sorry. <laughs> but my point is, this clearly happened on the weekend, and Kurt stuck around and, you know, probably enjoyed him some Blaine time. 
this weekend and then decided to stay through Monday because they're back at school and Kurt is meeting Blaine after school. Well, it's so they can hang out. Because Nyada is not a real school. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fake school. It's oh a money making scheme. It is really funny that this, play, this scene it's takes a place at school. Game. <laughs> but, okay, you so... Know, it's one, it, it works the same way as any multi-level marketing. It's like, hey, we're going to let... We're going to let you into the school and you can get discounts on your tuition if you get three other people to come into the school after you. And if they get three more people each, you're going to get a bonus on your tuition and we're going to let you into this class that might actually prepare you for something in your life. And then if they get three more people under (laughs) that, then you are now at the gold level, which means you can move on to sophomore year. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Nyada um, is multi-level marketing. Tina apologizes. She says, "I apologize for tacking you at the wedding, Kurt." And Blaine's like, "Wait, what? She tacked you?" And Kurt's like, "Yeah." <laughs> like they have yeah, this whole conversation the, between yeah, the two of them. Yeah, it's so funny. And then she's like, I just saw the legendary chemistry, two soulmates coming back together. And I love that Blaine's like, oh, yeah. And Kurt's like, I'm getting there, but we're not exactly there yet. But this is hard. And I don't want to talk about my feelings. And (laughs) (laughs) so and then um, and then Tina apologizes. And thank God this is the end of that crush stuff. And Blaine is so sweet about it. still. he's such a kind person. He's like, it's okay. We've all been there, which they all have. And you know, we can be friends. And Kurt's like, yeah, we're friends. Just We're friends. This is it. This friends. Me, he, my friends. Friends, friends. Friends, friends. Friends. F-S- As they were matching clothes. Helping bros together. I'm going to re that video. Oh, yeah. Kurt in that red sweater. And Blaine's wearing white. And they're adorable looking Valentine's-y and couple But they're totally friends, so. So, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the it, it ends with Tina being like, I'm going to be Hagatha Christie. <laughs> Mystery solved, so Hagatha Christie. <laughs> and, yep. It's such a good um, line. And what it's is, Kurt's line. like, if when I called you a hag, I was just inducting you to the all the other hags of the world. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, he and tried then Blaine's, really hard to smooth that over. Yeah, it didn't work. But then Blaine's like, we're going to find you a boyfriend, except for we're going to forget about this plot line. So whatever. See, now I would totally watch Kurt and Blaine find Tina a boyfriend. Oh, well, my God. I'd rather. Be amazing. I would rather. But, I, but what I would want it to do is I would want it to be set up like The Bachelorette, where um, Kurt and Blaine were basically in the Chris Harrison role. And so they were basically running the show. Mm-hmm. But a, but a much more hands-on, uh, instead of just popping in and being like, you have three roses left. I want them to be running the cocktail parties going, so tell me about your intentions. I don't like your look. You got a weasel face. Get out. See, and I was going to say, I kind of want Kurt and Blaine to find each other first. And then they can, you know, find Tina a boyfriend. But Maybe they can find each other by finding Tina a boyfriend. <laughs> That's an AU idea. <laughs> well, you know. Back to your serious it's, voice. It's like that the only one I haven't written. I, w- I left that open for you to make a finding each other joke, but you didn't even take it, so whatever. <laughs> I don't think that they've lost each other. 
So, I mean... Fine, they would find each other again. <laughs> and again, and again, and again, you know. Because they're explorers. They are. They really like to get up in there and see what's uh, what's going on. They really like to, to push <laughs> forward. Push inward. To make sure that they are discovering all of the pleasures of this new area. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there you go. She asked for it. <laughs> I mean, they're going to Magellan each other's asses. Okay. <laughs> they want to explore oh. every, every nook cranny. cranny. We are trying to really, we're, we're trying to get from one point to the other for the uh, most direct way possible. <laughs> so, this is a podcast. Oh um, I think they're looking, everything. they're Ponce de Leoning. They're looking for a fountain. It's just erupting. And I think they're going to find it maybe in Florida. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they won't even have to leave Ohio. <laughs> oh, man. So, so that is I do. That is the infamous F plot of this episode. They um, do. They really, really do. They do. Over and over again, they do. Um, you know, nobody actually does say I do in this episode. But anyway. So that is the Valentine's Day episode. Um, <laughs> um I want to thank you guys for um, coming along on this little journey. Uh, two out of three podcasters enjoyed it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and the third one really enjoyed it. <laughs> exactly. The third one is wishing she hadn't put us together on this podcast. <laughs> the third one is regretting her life choices. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Next week we will be back um, with girls and boys on film, where the hilarity gets to continue. Um, I love that one. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and... I do it three in a row. <laughs> Much like some um... boys we know. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, you, would you like yes. to say goodnight tonight? <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope you guys have a great night, and I'll see you next Sunday. Missing puzzle piece. I'm complete. I was just guessing at numbers and figures, pulling the puzzles apart. Would you love me even with my dark side? Somebody let me come through. Hello.